he was kind of part of the, the black arts movement. They knew that black people telling our truths was actually part of a revolutionary process. The black arts movement was connected to, you know, the Black Panther Party. Mir Baraka. Yes, Mir Baraka, like Sonia Sanchez, you know, these were people who wanted to radically reshape the society because the society they were living in, much like the one we live in today, was destroying black life, was throwing us away. Apparently, uh, Sonia Sanchez has a phrase that she says, but how does it free mm -hmm. us? Yeah, I can see how uh, that idea was probably at play in the mind of August Wilson as he wrote the work that he did, because you can see how knowing those things, at least from my mm -hmm. side of it, right, from my working class background, he affirmed, it's life affirming to see someone tell right. those kind of stories. You know, instead of getting what we always get, story of black nobility that should be free because it's an injustice. Right. You know, he turns unlikable people into people that are human and who have experienced trauma. And, you know, it's, they shouldn't be free because they're noble. They should be free because yeah. they're human. Welcome to All Thought is Black Thought. My name is G. And I'm O. So I was, uh, I was listening to uh, that uh, In Class with Carr, uh, that Karen Henner, Greg Carr, uh, I guess I'd call it a show that they have on YouTube every Saturday. And uh, they were talking about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And one of the things that uh, Greg Carr brought up was uh, August Wilson uh, asked a black man in the 70s, how did you live to be 70 in America as a black man? And I've just been thinking about that a lot ever since I heard that. Uh, because it is really a very, 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 very complex question about how how black people, you know, manage to navigate this uh, treacherous world, and especially uh, when you think about the what August Wilson does in his work and his art. So, right, yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I thought maybe. Could have a little conversation around that today. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Uh, August Wilson, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite uh, brothers to talk about, man. Because uh, how that dude lived, man. You know. Yeah, say more about that. Well, um, according to uh, the uh, <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Wikipedia page for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, man, no, no. <laughs> I mean, Wikipedia now, man, is getting a lot of legitimacy compared to when oh, it first yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. No, not to not to make fun of Wikipedia, but yeah. no, no. You know, the real the real thing is he, um, you know, he, he inspired me just with his life story in a sense because he uh, uh, dropped out of high school. And, yeah. um, you know, he spent a lot of time in the library. He, he'd work whatever jobs he could work, and then he'd just go to the library and read and read and write and write. And that, that you know, 
that became how he how he made his uh, his way in the world. He, he uh, was a writer and he got just really good at it, you know, um, and wrote some amazing plays, amazing stories. You could tell that he was sitting, listening to people, you know, yeah. listening to how people talk, listening to what they talked about, you know, um, as well as reading things, not just, you know, not just out among, among regular folks, but also very much involved in a life of the mind that was independent of the academy. Which is amazing that he was able to create the kind of work that he did without, yeah. you know, being shackled, <laughs> shackled yeah. to a university. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Because uh, uh, you and I both know something about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I had my chains. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I'm singing a freedom song yet, but uh, I did right. get one sh one shackle off so far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but they did they did leave me with a big financial bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah they always leave us with that uh, that that scar, that brand. Yeah, you know, on us. That's some kind of scar they're gonna leave us with at the very least is money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing for free yeah. right <laughs> right right but it just you know that that story just reminds me of how like you know even when you know because he's growing up with you know a single mother his, his father was a german uh immigrant uh who um ended up leaving his mom uh with uh you know with with several kids you know and he was one of them he uh uh yeah Said he dropped out of dropped out of high school in the tenth grade after his teacher accused him of plagiarizing a twenty-page paper he wrote on Napoleon. Wow! Uh, according to that, that's a quote from the Wikipedia article. So it's um, you know, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I I didn't I I did I have been accused of plagiarizing before. I didn't do it, but it was one of those things black people go through when, especially when you have uh, good writing skills, they assume that it couldn't possibly be you wrote it you know but even Man, if you don't have that you know i was just seventh grade uh i had wrote a poem mm -hmm. and the teacher said it was a good poem mm -hmm. but the first thing she said before she said she liked the poem the first question was did i write it right yeah right. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. This place, places me in good company you and yeah, august sure. <laughs> <laughs> And there's so many ways, man, that people, because um, not everybody necessarily good writer, but that, you know, those are, those are signs, I think, that we were good writers at, a, at an earlier age than we were, you know, like you've gotten, you've got, you know, you, you've written some stuff now, you know, you have stuff that's published in your name, you know, I have some stuff that's published in my name, you know, so we're obviously writers, you know, but even right. before we were writers, there was, there could have been somebody who was affirming, oh yeah, you're destined for great things. You could be a writer. You could do it. I believe in you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, help give you resources that, that help, you know, help you help make your way a little easier in that direction, you know. Um, but even even if there are people who didn't get that about writing specifically, there's all kind of other ways where people, especially school teachers early on, doubt our intelligence. Exactly. And you got to wonder how much that contributed to August Wilson dropping out of high school. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that would be very discouraging. You write a 20-page paper, and you do the research, and then the teacher accuses you of cheating. Right. Of stealing the idea. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know, and the, 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 the brother really, uh, you know, August Wilson really, he really knew some, uh, some things um, that, that uh, probably the teacher didn't know at all. You know, yeah, to, yeah. You know, to even want to write about them, to even want to take the time to put, because writing, you know, writing is really, in a lot of ways, it's about, you know, remembering vocabulary, uh, having a, a sense of how you put words together, like in grammar and stuff like that, and the the effects that it has to choose this word choice over that word choice, or choose this uh, syntax, this way of saying it over that way of saying it. And if somebody's putting the time into thinking about those things, then, you know, that's, that's like, that's really, that's a skill. That's a skill, you know? That he, that he developed to an amazing degree. Right. Because like you're saying, his writing, the way that he honors uh, the black dialect, the the narrative structure, Mm -hmm. the way he has the characters tell their stories. It's always very authentic and, man, very moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the scene from Black Bottom, I won't give it away, but just the scene where Levy responds to the other musicians sort of teasing him about how he interacts with the white uh, uh, producer. And it's just, yeah. That time he spent in the library wasn't wasted time because there's history and knowledge and those uh, and those uh, stories that his character yeah. tell, you know, obviously studied what he was studying, and there's knowledge and research that's evident in the narratives of his mm-hmm. characters. They tell a history as they tell uh, aspects of the overall story mm-hmm. of the play. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking particularly of that uh, scene where uh, that dialogue where Levi responds to the other yeah. musicians criticizing him because he responds sort of in a deferential way to the white record right. producer. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All all the, all the yeah. folks, you know, they they have uh, all the folks in the band, actually all the folks in, in August Wilson's stories, they, they have um, you know, they have different sort of you could see them as representatives of different uh, ideas, not necessarily political ideas all the time, but ideas about how you live, ethical ideas, sometimes political ideas, sometimes economic, yeah. you know, um, and, the, and each of them has a different angle that they're coming at life from that leads them to be who they are. And you're never quite sure until a certain, until, until you know, until it's happening, why a person in August Wilson's play uh, thinks as they do, and the stories that right. they tell, and, and the you know the ways that they um, you know flesh out why they are so committed to this particular way of being, you know, I, I thought that was real effective about you know, the different the different ones, the different uh, characters in uh, in Ma Rainey, um, and and of course you can see it too in in um, 
plays like uh, Fences, which which we also talked about, or, or movies like Fences, which August Wilson also did. You know that he he has these people who they just they they just seem like real people who you've been around, you've been sitting around, and maybe you get to hear their story, you know, uh, from them, but uh, or maybe you hear the story about them, you know, but. It, it, uh, it's there. There, There is a story that's behind why they are the way they are. It's not no, um, you know, intellectual thought experiment. These are living, breathing people who August Wilson actually knew. And if you, if, if, if you approach them correctly, you know, which each of them is going to be a little different because they're different characters, you know, but if you approach them correctly, they might let you know a little bit of what made them into who they are. And it feels like a, a gift when you get that, that knowledge, you know, you don't, you don't. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there's like a, like what you're saying sort of makes me think of the idea that you listen mm-hmm. more than you talk. And if you're, if you're watching an August Wilson, well, I've only, I haven't seen a live play production or a play production mm-hmm. period. I need to see one, but if, you know, the films work a lot like a play, at least fences and, Ma Rainey because the you know the staging of it is fairly set up where you're sort of in one space or another space but not sort of the action and movement of a mm-hmm. film and the one thing that I really see a lot is in the way that you have to listen to what's being said and the dialogue is everything for his for those mm-hmm. two films because they tell the story and it's really, it's really uh, very, very skillful writing to have a character behave a particular way up until that point. And then the timing is perfect when the backstory yeah. comes out yeah. every time, mm-hmm. you know, like when you, when you think about fences, when he says he fought the devil and then you get the backstory of his father trying to uh, molest the young girl and you understand that you know that's the reason that character says he had fought the devil because his his father behaved in a devilish way or or levy's story and even you know how that rage that's sort of boiling in him all the time you sort of see it in the way that he interacts Mm -hmm. with everyone but the way it spills over at a certain point in the story, uh, he just is timed perfectly, and yet you you sort of know the background of his character because it's timed right. that way. And it also, you know, and so that question that comes up about when uh, when Greg Carr uh, attributes that quote to him about asking a seventy year old black man how he lived to be seventy in yeah. America. You know, August Wilson gives you like this sort of overlaying terrain of everything that people are navigating as they go through their life and all the things that could go disastrously mm-hmm. wrong and pre- prevent them from getting to that point yeah. in their life. You know, uh, I was watching 60 Minutes last week, I think it was, or a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, maybe. And they had this segment on talking about the life expectancy of uh, coming coming generations is expected to be uh, into over 100 years of age on average. 
and yet you think about what's happening with uh, black people, and uh, it's just you know such a different reality that we mm-hmm. live in. You know, people are living to their hundreds, and you start seeing uh, certain generations of black people reach their sixties, mm-hmm. and it's, it's becoming sort of unusual at times. And then the lives that we live as we enter our sixties are sort of lives that uh, have an element of the isolation that people are feeling now with the COVID yeah. virus. You know, it's uh, it's really, really, uh, I don't know how I'm trying to say this, but it's really a powerful thing to think that there's going to be people living into their hundreds, and yet we're doing a lot if we make it to yeah. our 60s. Yeah. In the same, and have those those populations be in the same place. I mean, just thinking about, you know, like, August Wilson was studying when he would when he would uh, when he dropped out of high school and he would go to the library, you know, uh, one of the libraries that he was studying at uh, was the the Carnegie, the Carnegie Library. I don't know if you say Carnegie or Carnegie, um, uh, you know, who was a, a major uh, benefactor, you know, major, you know, he, he uh, who, who was, uh, I, I assume uh, from uh like or or lived at least you know in and around um pennsylvania i think he yeah P- pittsburgh. Uh, sorry, pittsburgh yeah he, he yeah. built up um carnegie yeah. steel which uh i think maybe became u.s steel but that that's why uh, pittsburgh is known for the steel uh company steel industry, industry yeah pittsburgh steel industry. yeah and also carnegie built libraries all yeah. across the country too because he's yeah. so rich yeah you know to think that the same city could have a wealthy industrialist like, you know, Andrew Carnegie, you know, uh, and and uh, a, a black kid who dropped out of high school, you know, named August Wilson, or named any number of other things, you know, any number of other names, because it's the same story, you know, um, living in the same geographic area of each other, you know, and um, and this this isn't the only society that's like that, but. The U.S. isn't used to, I think, uh, having to think about itself as a place like um, Israel, you know, um, where you have, right. you know, wealthy settlements with, with piped in, you know, uh, water um, in the desert, you know, or in a semi-arid climate right next to a, you know, basically camp. A refugee camp, more or less, uh, of of people who've been kicked off of their land uh, and who can't even get water. You know. Um, yeah, that's been there in that situation for yeah. decades. Yeah. yeah and the U.S. Yeah. You know, having the same the same thing. I mean, and, and there was article. There was articles that were coming out a few years ago about how in Cleveland, that neighborhood called Lindhurst, which is a rich white neighborhood, is basically down the street, down the way from. Uh, a, a black neighborhood, black working class and poor neighborhood called Huff. And the life expectancy difference between those two neighborhoods was 20 years. Yeah, I remember that's, I, that came to mind as yeah, I was yeah. saying that. I'm glad you remembered yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something it else, really, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a model for the whole society. Yeah. And it shows how intelligent that question is that uh, August Wilson yes. was asking. 
you know, that, that there's a, there's a, a level of intelligence behind that question that a lot of people, including professors in the university, wouldn't even think to ask, you know, that there is, there is some body of knowledge about navigating a world that's that hostile for 70 years and you surviving it. That, that's something that needs to be right. investigated. That's something that, you know, I don't know that we necessarily need to share that knowledge with the world, but we need to share it yes. with one another. And we don't have a mechanism for doing that. There's quite often in our communities, we don't really have that intergenerational uh, communication mm -hmm. any longer. Young black men don't talk to older mm -hmm. black men. Middle-aged black men rarely are talking to uh, elderly black men. And black women more so maybe deal with one another. There is a sort of a stronger connection amongst women, I think. But even that appears to be falling apart compared to what it has been at past points right. in time. Right. And that, that has a that has an impact on our ability to be a community, you know, because yeah. uh, a whole yeah. lot of, you know, community is communication and, you know, people communicating is really just sharing knowledge a lot of times, sharing, well, this is what I see. Well, this is what I see. Or uh, let me show you how to do this. And, oh, yeah, okay. I didn't know how to do that. You know, or like, you know, all, all kind of ways that, um, that uh, it can be egalitarian. It doesn't, it doesn't always have to be, you know, a lot of times younger people think anytime that older, pre older people want to talk to them is to tell them something to do. At least that's, that's the case with my, my stepdaughter. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they, you know, sometimes you just want to hear what they, what their perspective is on things because a lot of things we don't know the right or wrong answer right. to it. You know, um, a lot of it, it is just a matter of, opinion and how you approach it and hey i approached it this way but um i didn't necessarily have the right answer you know um but sometimes if you do have the right answer about things you can tell things you know to younger people or sometimes these days especially with cell phone technology and and social media technology sometimes the young people have the right answers and the old people are like the ones who are like <laughs> out at sea lost you know <laughs> in the wilderness of social media or whatnot you know like but there's all kinds of ways that we can right. we can share knowledge, and I think the fact that you know, you know, um, that August Wilson's um, you know obvious deep understanding of multiple generations of how black people talk to each other, the fact that that seems rare to us or that seems special or interesting to us, you know, uh, is is uh, is partly a tribute to the fact that it that it's. Uh, it's having less of an opportunity to happen because older people are older black people are not living as long, you know, and not living together. There's a lot of isolation yeah. going on, not, not in connection with younger generations. And there's, you know, there's a knowledge exchange that happens between the old and the young on multiple levels. Like there's, uh, sort of historical institutional understandings that older people may have. And then there's the ways that those things have changed that young people know. And we're just not in the position where we're exchanging that as much as I think is uh, needed for us to navigate this treacherous world that we're dealing with. You know, we're watching Black people disproportionately die from this coronavirus. 
at the same time that we've watched, you know, the policing just continue to murder us. And, you know, in some ways, I think that there's knowledge that we have about just racial politics that needs to be brought back to the surface because even though we believe we're living differently, it hasn't, and young people aren't aware of sort of the, the historical underpinnings of what we see quite often yeah. going on right now. August Wilson, man, the thing with him, is, the thing with the works that he did, he did, because he did a whole 10-play cycle that's called, they call it the century cycle. Right. Um, where he said, I'm going to write yes. a play yes. about each decade of the Black experience in America of the 20th century. So, you know, uh, so he's got, you know, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, that was... Uh, that was the 1920s, you know. Um, he's got um, another play called Jitney. That that was actually the first play that he wrote. That's about the 1970s. Uh, Fences is about the 1950s. Joe Turner's come and gone, the 1910s. You go, it goes on down the line. Uh, but there's there's ten plays, um, and what was the last decade that he wrote about the 70s? What, what was the last decade that he wrote about? Uh, the 1990s, he wrote a play called Radio Golf in uh, 2005. Um, yeah, oh, okay. and uh, so that was about the 1990s. Uh, I haven't seen or read that play actually. I need to. I need to look at it. But um, and the thing. Yeah, I definitely do. I'm. I'm really. Yeah, I'm really wishing I had of uh, studied August Wilson in college instead of uh, <laughs> some of the other <laughs> stuff I did. <laughs> I would have benefited a lot more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have, it would have, it would have helped me uh, create and answer some of the questions that I had. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and the thing about reading them, you know, to read them is to get a history lesson in itself, right? Um, it's, it's, and it's really yeah. kind of like an oral history lesson. A lot, a lot of us have like little stories here and there from, you know. Uh, definitely from 20 years ago or so, like our parents, 20 years or so before we were born, like our parents' generation, things like that. We might get a few stories that filter down to us, but beyond that, into our grandparents' and great-grandparents' generation, we hardly get any stories about right. that, let alone beyond that, you know? And and I think for generations yeah. after mine, grandparents and great-parents, great-grandparents, the way that people have dispersed yeah and had to relocate because of work and everything else. Like, I know my kids don't know their grandparents' stories, great-grandparents' stories, or great-great-grandparents' stories. It's not that I don't want to tell what I know, but they definitely didn't have the interaction with those generations that I had coming right. up. You know? Right. So, and, and Which is unfortunate. It is, yeah. You know? and, it, and it does take hearing it a lot of times, or it's sit, like, really not, not just reading about it, because even reading is a... A filtration of it. it 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 filters it you know um but you sit down and and just right. listen to somebody an actual living breathing person talk to you about it um maybe show you a picture or two if they have one in the family album or something like that you know if the family album has been preserved you know um but you know 
and then you can ask some questions and jog their memory and they can go even further down that rabbit hole. That's the richest history lesson you'll ever get, you know? Um, yeah, even in the way, even in the ways that they tell the story, whether they tell you in sort of a mm-hmm. hushed way or their reluctance to talk mm-hmm. about it just tells you the gravity of the story sure. quite often. You know, there are stories that I heard, uh, that I only heard one time and only heard, you know, two or three sentences of, but you knew that it was really powerful mm-hmm. what happened or how violent it was. You know, I think I mentioned in one podcast about how my great great grandmother uh, got her left breast cut off by yeah. the Night Riders. That was all I ever heard of it. I didn't hear any more about the context. All I knew is that she was hiding her husband because they were after him and she wouldn't say where he was. You know, that right there's a lot, but it would have been great to get a broader sense of the reason they were after him. Like, I can imagine what that is now because I've, you know, fortunately I've been reading and studying over decades now to understand the context that black people lived in, in Louisiana and, you know, other parts of the Mm -hmm. South. But still, you know, to hear, you know, through my great-grandmother or to hear the relatives that knew that story in greater detail, it would have been, uh, it would have been much more powerful than anything that I read so right. far in my life. Right. And to, to be able to ask questions, I mean, it, you know, and it's, it's, it's difficult because stories like that, that's a traumatic story. That's, that's a... Right, exactly. So you might not be able to ask a lot of yeah. questions, but you can listen carefully. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and... but I think it's I think it's important though because that knowledge is missing from generations yeah. today. You know, there's not an education system that passes that information right. on. We don't have a context to understand how we get to a place where George Floyd gets murdered mm-hmm. the way he does. Unless we understand, you know, the stories that our our ancestors right. knew, you know, and, and for that generation that saw that and was so shocked by it, uh, that could be contextualized different if we shared knowledge yes. more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I think plays in the writings of people like August Wilson, Toni Morrison, and others. That's what they do. You know, they even though it's not considered "quote unquote" history, that fiction tells a story that may not be told in any other yeah. context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's and that's from from reading it. And then if you do, if you actually get together some people, it doesn't have to be even a big production or something like that. And you just say, "Let's do one of these plays. Let's perform one of these plays." You know. Yeah. Um, then yeah, you yeah. can go really deep with the understanding of it. You might, you might, you might research it. You might go to the library, and be like, "Hey, I wonder what this song is that he's that he's quoting here. Is that a real song? Oh, wow, that's a real song, huh? Let me let me Alan Lomax yeah. uh, recordings of um, black men who worked on uh, prison chain gangs and the type of songs that they sing. You know, when yes. you're doing the research uh, for that 1930s play, the piano lesson. You know, or um, you know, let me let me look up uh, calypso music that uh, that Headley is singing in uh, in seven guitars. You know, or you know, uh, 
it's 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 all all these different ways that it can it enriches you but then you actually perform it you know and again don't even have to be a big big audience it can just be some friends you know but you you perform it and you can really have to make make some some artistic and and emotional choices you know then it's like that really is like a, a connection that builds community you know what I what I've always loved yes. about August Wilson's plays it was one of the first plays that I that I did when I started getting into theater um, was was the piano lesson and it it, it actually uh, brought me together with other black people who I wouldn't have otherwise known in a city that didn't have a whole lot of black people there you know um, so I, yeah. I I felt really blessed just to be part of it and even though it was a white person directing it like I feel like black people like the the, uh, the the actors get to make a lot of artistic choices um, in an August Wilson play because he he gives you so much of the authorship of it, you know, um, the, you you are you to to do this character to do to make sense of what this person is saying. Like, why does it say Boy Willie? You know, comes in at the beginning of of, uh, of the piano lesson and that he's like a he's like a storm, you know. Do you, do people know another? Do do we know people who are like a storm when they come into the room? Not a, not necessarily a bad storm, but they're coming in and they're shaking shit up. They're moving things. They're making. They're trying to make moves. They ain't got no time to be. You know, this, that, and the third. You know, they come on. I'm trying to make some money. I'm trying to get get, get down to business. You know, like and and like these are real. You know, uh, just the, the descriptions of it are ones that make it so you have to connect with it. So you have to tell your story. You know. He, he right. lets you become the author of it. It's not like, no, there, there are a lot of playwrights who, you know, belabor you, belabor the point, you know, you know, give you all kind of, 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 of stage directions, this, that, and the other, you know, that, um, that you have to do. And it doesn't even feel like they trust the actor. But I think August Wilson really trusts uh, actors as long as they're black actors. You know, he, he the thing when yeah. he was alive, yeah that he personally had to approve any production of any of his plays. So you, that's smart. That's smart. You know, you have to actually consult him, you know, where are you going to be producing it? Who's going to be in it? Okay. You know, <laughs> and that's recognition, recognition of the, uh, the social structure that he's yes. working in, of the way that they distort and take and, uh, reshape what we do, you know. That's that's really yeah. smart, man. As you talk about that idea of uh, getting together and just doing a play, it would be, you know, I I just I'm constantly thinking about the need to have more ways for um, black folks to build community. Man, it would be during this COVID situation if there were people that could get together online and read a play together and that sort of connection that you get when you engage in something like that and also coming from a working class mm -hmm. background i never really experienced plays yeah. that often you know and a lot of the plays that i experienced once i got to college were shakespeare and hamlet and it you know it was interesting at some level but it wasn't anything like what seeing these two august wilson uh, films that I watched recently uh, 
the effect that it had on me. And I just have to think that if other black people that come from a different, similar background to me get exposed to something like that, that would be a good thing, something needed. We need things that are gonna help us uh, recreate connection and recreate ways to make it to 70. Right. You know, because a lot of that is what you were describing is what helps, you know, these people that live in other quote unquote wealthy communities live and flourish. You know, they've got networks that psychologically help them stay afloat, you know, and we, we, we lack that, but we need to be yeah. building that. Yeah. That's a great idea, man. Even if we, even if we are impoverished, we can still talk to one another, right. you know, and hopefully spread that willingness to do that and hopefully create a way for it to be intergenerational and inclusive, mm -hmm. you know, because we're dealing with so much stuff that's just dangerous all the time. We need ways to connect on a non-dangerous, safe uh, community building mm -hmm. way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, definitely, man. That's, I, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's true, man. There's there's and and uh, and it's and it's emotionally, you know, cathartic, you know. Uh, it's part yes. it can be part of your emotional processing of things, you know. Uh, and it probably, you know, one of the things people say about theater is that it can it's a very conservative institution, which it is uh, in a lot of ways, uh, you know. That's why it's not as appealing yeah. to me coming from my back as it would be for other people. Because, because why? Because, because it... Uh, because, you know, conservative institutions tend to ignore the life situations yeah. that I've been in. You know, and when I try to speak on the life situations I've been in, I immediately uh, get not just pushback, but hostility from those in charge, right. you know? Right. So, but, but you know, engaging with a play like uh, Ma Rainey's mm -hmm. Black Bottom, it represents, even though it's talking about a time long before mm -hmm. me, the experiences represent experiences that I understand. Yeah. You know, Levy's rage. I've seen that rage. I know that rage. I know that potential of violence, that pain that he talks about. I understand mm -hmm. that. You know, I've heard black men's stories about what they saw and experienced in the South because I'm 62 years old. You know, my father's generation, a lot of them were the first generation to be out West, right. you know, so. Yeah, so they, you know, all that stuff made, you know, resonates with my own mm -hmm. experience which is not typically what you get out of a conservative institution. No. They're not talking about stories that come from uh, my father's background and from uh, my mother's background coming out of uh, Monroe, Louisiana, you know, uh, you know, Briard Alley, you know, that's where I, that's the, that's what's on my birth certificate, you know, and my address, first address was an alley, you know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, <laughs> You, you know, that 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 puts you in a different context than typically these sort of highfalutin institutions that, uh, you know, uh, Shakespearean actors long to participate mm -hmm. in, you know? Mm -hmm. So, 
No, yeah. it's, it's real, man. I mean, and that, that's that's what that's the the stuff that I didn't get when I was when I was doing it. I was I was still you know pretty young when I was doing uh, August Wilson plays and, and stuff like that. I I had not had a lot of life experience. Didn't know you know uh, didn't know people who would necessarily tell these kind of stories uh, at that time. Although later I came to find out, you know, there's some, there's some stories that I, I just wasn't hearing. And, um, you know, that was right. You didn't have the listening skills for, yeah, you didn't have the ability, yeah, to, hear yeah, didn't have the ability to hear yeah, it yeah. or didn't have the ability to make a person who had lived through some of these things feel like they could tell me some of these things. Cause some of the, some of the knowledge has right. to be earned by listening. Uh, and, and and not always, yes. you know, not always just by asking questions. There's, you know, there's this and listening to the stories that you're not particularly yeah. interested in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got to listen to them. You know, you yeah, you listening about a bunch of stuff that you think is irrelevant, but you know, as you as you learn to listen, you understand the connections. But it takes right. a minute sometimes. Right, right, it does. Yeah. It does. It takes a minute, and it, and it takes um relationship dynamics that may have nothing to do with that conversation at that moment. It could be that they're not, they're not going to tell, right. you know, you know, grandma didn't tell me this or that, or grandpa didn't tell me this or that because they didn't like the way that I uh, swept the floor when they asked me to sweep the floor, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a day or so before, you know, it, it could be any number. Yeah. The attitude, the attitude. That yeah. From yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, and you know, this makes me really, you know, miss them and, and prize the people, you know, in my life who are able to tell me stories from the previous, you know, years and years and decades before I was born. Because uh, um, I don't I don't have very many. I think I have a few old memories, one or two old memories, like somewhere in the in the, the lore that I've heard when trying to research my family's history is a story about a, a black girl in uh, in South Carolina who saw the Union Army coming uh, across uh, the plantation that she was on and knew that she had to hide the chickens underneath the porch or else the sold, the Union soldiers were going to get them and eat them, you know? So, like, wow. if you, wow. you know, that, that story in itself, like, tells me a whole lot about, like, America, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, because they were supposed to be the saviors, and they're about to yeah. take her food. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you know. <laughs> I mean, and uh, I, I haven't even heard, you know, you know, like a whole lot of stories from from that time. They just don't make it down that far, you know. Um, and I'd have to do a lot more research, and I and I should. I, I need to do that, but like, but I, I think, you know, feeling that we have a sense of community with each other is I think a big part of uh, making you want to do that research, making you want to understand those things. Because like, when you can put together in a, in a play, in August Wilson, for example, Okay, why is uh, Levy the way that he is? You know, what would it take for Mike Levy right. besides what he just what he tells you, which is you know hints that it gives you right in the in the in the play itself. But besides that, in addition to that, 
And I used to have to tell my acting students this all the time. You know, in addition to what's told to you in the play, what else can you learn about the history, the context, and what other, you know, knowledge would you, uh, what, what other things would make you know, okay, this is how Levy got to be the way that he is, you know, given the context that he's growing up in, right. given what you know about, um, you know, Alabama or at this, at this time, you know, certain, whatever time he would, he would have been growing up, you know, or even before he was born, even, you know. What, what limited the life choices that he was born into, you know? And even, even the subtlety that Wilson uses to, you know, get us to think about his psychology, because that trauma that he yeah. experienced obviously shaped him in a psychological, psychoanalytic yes. sense. You know, if you have that as one of the frames that you understand him through, it adds to his humanity. And then, you know, he becomes a more sympathetic figure, even though uh, on the surface, he's unsympathetic. Right. right. Yeah. You know, this is a person dealing with trauma that goes unaddressed, mm -hmm. you know. And if you think about that in a psychoanalytic term and the way that trauma in a childhood experience can reshape and distort uh someone then man that story that levy tells is even more powerful and it makes him a much more understandable person who you can you know even though at the surface you're not you may not feel sympathy for him once you put that and couple that to him uh which is the brilliance of uh august wilson's yeah. writing is that he helps you see the humanity in these people that on the surface you may not like. You know, they come off as someone you may not like, but then once you know that part, it's hard to be uh it's hard to be angry. Yeah. yeah. Like who else could he who else could he be if you understand what that, you know, what psychoanalytic discourse tells us about uh subject formation. It's hard to be angry with someone like that when you understand mm -hmm. it that way, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And then it also puts, you know, it helps you think about society on a bigger level in terms of who we call criminals. And yet, if you examine their experiences, then, you know, you get a better sense of how society failed them, mm -hmm. you know? And particularly, you know, in a in the racial structure yes. of American society. Yes, because rest yeah. assured, there's a whole, there's a whole explanation in the in the world of August Wilson plays. There's a whole explanation that Mr. Sturdivant and uh, Mr. Irv Irvin would have for um, for 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 Levy. You know, the white people basically would have Levy for somebody right. like Levy that's different from what we can know. That doesn't acknowledge his humanity Absolutely. at all. Because yeah. they believe in the first place, in yeah. the first instance, that black people are animals. There are, are non-human animals. You right. know, like that, you know, they may not articulate right. it that way, but, you know, at some point it's kind of binary. Either you do think I'm a human or you don't, and you made that choice, so you must not think that I'm human. You know, um, so, right. so it's like, even people who won't admit to that. But Wilson challenges that he does. his writing. He does. He makes them he makes yeah. them show who they are. 
you know, and 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 then when right. we know who Levy is, let alone who Ma is, Ma Rainey, you know, is you know, mm-hmm. once we know who they are, we can understand really uh, how that comes from what Sturdivant and Irvin and the rest of you know white people in the in the in America are to black people. You know that 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 helps you explain a whole lot about uh, about how we protect the things that we that we have that we're bringing through our culture, through our liveliness, through our connection to Africa and the Caribbean and all these diasporic connections that we have, you know, uh, you know, that, that, that make us uh, the, the people that we are, you know, it, it really, yeah, like, I, yeah, no. And, and I think what you said about psychoanalytic is really key too, because psychoanalysis uh, is the approach, you know, to, to, understanding people's motivations, people's uh, ways of being, not necessarily just their personality, but what forces construct them and things like that through a process of deep listening that is referred to as the talking cure, where you, know, you sit down on the yeah. table, you get into a relaxed posture and you just talk and you talk. And it's things that aren't necessarily even all that important, but through this active listening, you know, you can really understand things about people like understanding not just what they're saying but how they're saying it what punctuates their thoughts what what causes them to pause when they say something you know where where do their minds go when they're in that pause you know and you know. I, feel, I like right as you're saying that i'm thinking about a particular mm-hmm. scene where uh where uh viola davis as ma rainey goes into a monologue and she, it's almost like you're saying she's sitting there sort of slouch and they're waiting to get some Coca-Cola. So they're in a pause mm-hmm. moment. She's relaxed and she's saying her deep thoughts about who she is and why she is mm-hmm. who she is. And, you know, there's a certain way that she's unsympathetic as mm-hmm. well. You feel like, man, She's an asshole mm-hmm. to people. But then you, at the same time, within the context of uh, that period of time for her to sort of wield that power as yeah. a black woman and deal with the bullshit that mm-hmm. she had to deal with, you know? And then you're, you're, it's that moment when she's sitting there it's as if she's on the couch talking to the uh, psychoanalyst and she's explaining what makes her who she is without saying this is what makes me who I am yet explaining the context that she's working in and what she's mm-hmm. dealing with mm-hmm. you know it's yeah August Wilson is brilliant man he uh he did that in such a sophisticated way for something that on a surface doesn't seem that sophisticated right. and that takes that takes a lot of skill to make something appear simple that is so yes. complex. Yes. And that you got to get to the, to the yeah. complexity uh, of it, um, you know, or to, you got to get, you got to get to the, to the heart of it really through, through just listening, just, you know, yes. and I think yes. that's something that uh, I ran into as a problem when I was trying to act in it is that I, I didn't, as a, as an artist, I didn't have patience uh, with myself, 
let alone uh, with stories that to me sounded like, you know, ah, oh, man, this just sound like one of those stories that, you know, old people tell that it doesn't, doesn't go nowhere and everything like that, you know, I have to really sit through this and everything like that. And the, you know, once I did the first August Wilson play that I did, it, it, it was, it was like, oh, yeah, you, you do, you, you gotta, you gotta sit through and you gotta really listen um, uh, to know. And, and on the other side, there's a big, big reward, you know, yes. that yeah. oftentimes the director doesn't even get, you know, especially if the director is white or if the, you know, the theater that you're producing it. So many of these theaters are producing, you know, that produce August Wilson's plays are white, white theaters, white owned theaters. I mean, he, he premiered all his plays, of course, on Broadway, you know, because that's just what you're supposed to do, quote unquote. But as far as the economic it is, reality yeah. of it, right? That's how he made his money. You know, that's how he that's how he made his money, you know. So right. it's like but that takes it out of the hands of people. Um, that takes it out of access to people who really could benefit the most from it, which is black youths, you know. Um Yeah, like I was saying mm-hmm. earlier, you know, if you're in a certain class mm-hmm. position, man, those kind of plays would make you think about theater in an entirely different way because they're speaking mm-hmm. to you what you've experienced, you know. By the time I was in my 30s, oh, if I had to saw those plays, that would have made a difference about how I thought about yes. a lot of things, yes. you know. And that, that's, yeah. the, that's the issue with, like, theater as a conservative institution uh, that's so problematic. And I think August Wilson was wrestling with these realities uh, at the time when he, was, when he was, you know, also embroiled in them. And I don't know if he ever came to a satisfactory answer about it. He wrote an essay uh, in, uh, I believe it, it appeared in, in, damn it, where did it appear? What the grand, I, the yeah. ground I stand ground on, on which I stand, yeah. Where, you yeah. know, yeah. where he said, look, black plays should be getting produced by black theaters and black theaters are getting run out of business by all these wealthier white theaters. And that's a problem, you know. Yeah. There, there need to be yeah. black actors doing, doing black plays, and there need to be black theaters doing black plays. And you know, there's plenty of black, and, and not black actors that are selected by the white infrastructure Thank you. all the time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, because because a lot of times yeah. they they they'd be like like me, like I was when I was first starting out. You know, doing the, they they'd come they'd have come up through college. They'd have made all the all these choices, you know, that got them, in, you know, through college, and their parents maybe affirmed them and everything like that, and you know, and but what? How restricted is your range of vision as a as an artist? If you've only seen that, how how much can you really understand the realities of somebody who escaped from sharecropping, and uh, you know, with with two of his buddies, and one of them got shot and killed, like you know, like what happens with. Uh, Boy Willie in in the in the piano lesson, or you know the realities that man, you're making me. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch that and read that now. Every time yeah. you say a little bit more about it, I definitely yeah, that play, that play. <laughs> like the first time I uh, read Song of Solomon mm-hmm. by Tony Morris, and I had to just keep reading. Yeah, stuff now. oh yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> no, for real, man. Yeah, it's 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 a it's probably it's a ghost story too. It's, it's, so. Tony Morrison and yeah. in a lot of ways like that too, like beloved, um, you know, but like, yeah. you know, 
how much could I really connect to that when all I had been in since I was 18 years old was really college or jobs associated with college, you know? It just, you right. know. Right. There's a context that you're right. not exposed to. And, and the environment. Just like when, just like when I went to the university and people were talking about alienation of labor, I had been in the building trades all that time until I got to mm -hmm. Berkeley, right? <laughs> and I just and I hear them talk, and I was thinking, you don't know anything about alienation right. of labor, right? <laughs> right. You you need to know what your back feels like after a day of building walls or something, and then you you can speak more authentically, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But but the, yeah. the institutions where where that produce August Wilson's plays, uh, they bring up artists who have the right credentials and things like that, and you know, been stamped on the behind by academic theater and things like that. Which not to take anything away from the actors who are doing August Wilson's plays and stuff like that. This they're doing good work to bring right. it out there because right. a whole lot of people haven't even, wouldn't even hear about August right. Wilson if it wasn't for the work that they're doing. You know, but right. um, but at the same time. I'm saying the institution of conservative theater in America is largely controlled by white people and it doesn't want to um, it doesn't want to allow the really, really radical messages that are buried at the deep core of August Wilson's plays to come out because they're and I can't imagine what it would, what it would be like if me versus you you know sort of articulated that character at a certain Absolutely, point in our man. lives, you know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, bro, man. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. true. It's like, yeah. it's like, and I mean, the, look, I, when I met you, uh, God, how old, you were probably in your mid, or least. maybe, maybe early 50s. Uh, no, I, yeah, I was probably just yeah. 50, yeah. First character that I played in an August Wilson play was a 55 year old uh, railroad worker named uh, Doka. You know, <laughs> I was I was in my uh, I want to say my late 20s. You know, uh, call myself. Yeah. You would have you would have walked different in everything if you had. Yes, sir. <laughs> had my experience, you know, you would have know what it's like to swing a heavy hammer yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, but but the institution that I did it in was academic theater, you know, institution directed by white people. Artistic director was white people. All the all the staff and you know like behind the scenes and everything like that were white people. They had enough sense to not try to colorblind cast do white people and doing an August Wilson play, but <laughs> but other than that, everybody else in the theater was was white, you know, white or, or non non black. You know, um, and there's a class class blindness yes. is oftentimes just as yes, that, yes. Know, so. You know, so it really, <laughs> I mean, you know, August Wilson saying the the talking about in, in the the ground on which I stand, you know, that look, black theater has the potential to utterly reshape uh, the theater, let alone their society. Just like yeah. black experiences, if they're known, yes. if they're known and fully understood they have the capacity to radically reshape the entire society or the entire world. We look, at the, look at the earthquake of witnessing George Floyd's yes. murder. Yes. You know, that's, that, that was something that people 
man, for decades and decades, just denied mm-hmm. it would happen even. And now, now, you know, all the things that happened in 2020 are just making, you know, making it impossible to deny that, even after Trayvon mm-hmm. Martin. So that the fact that that gets out into the world, I agree completely. Like, if there was a steady stream of this kind of uh, theater work being exposed to right. the world, you know, it changes the dialogue and it changes the conversations mm-hmm. entirely. And people get to stand in their truth a lot more and not sit there and feel like they can't defend their feelings because no one knows why they would right. feel that. Right. You know? I mean, then, and don't, yes. and don't, you know, I don't want the listeners to get us, get us wrong. We're, we're not saying, oh, what the world needs is, you know, more good playwrights, like, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, I mean, that, right. no. that is, that would be, that would be great to get more playwrights like August Wilson and, you know, people like that. But no, the, the, the thing. Or that, or that all we need is a better conversation. Exactly. That's exactly. exactly. No, <laughs> no. But it, but it does go. It does. Though, you know? It does. It so, suggests a radical vision that if the radical is. vision were embraced, then we would see a different right. society. We'd see a more just society. We'd see a more just world, you know, and maybe. And from the black side of the conversation, we need to, for our own validation, we need to have our side of right. the story out. There, right. You know, we need to be validated We because we go unvalidated the yes. majority of the time. And and that, and that's evident in the very contradictions that 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 um that I was seeing when I was standing on stage doing the August Wilson play. I could stand on stage and know I'm playing a 55 year old man and I'm like 25 years old. That's a contradiction. I'm playing a right. a, a man who who was uh who was put on a chain gang as a teenager, you know, and the the, the best job he's been able to get growing up was a railroad cook, you know. Uh, and and I'm sitting here. I, yeah. At that time, I already had a master's degree. You know, I'm standing there on right. stage trying to play a, a you know a black man in a black in a world of black people. And off stage, I can see the stage manager who's white as fuck. I can see the director who's white as fuck. I can see the artistic director who's white as fuck. All these white people around, giving themselves jobs, giving themselves experience. You know, through producing this play. And you know, granted. Me and the whatever five, six other actors in the play and uh, who are who are all black, we were getting experience for sure. Um, but it's a contradiction that it's it's a play about a black world meant to uh, produce a sense of black community and a sense of enjoyment of, of of being black and the struggles that we've had and the resistance that we've that we've done and, and that we've been able to overcome certain things but also an acknowledgement of the things that we're not able to overcome. And at the same time, you know, this is just another line on a white person's resume. You know, that's, that's a contradiction. Right. Uh, I think August Wilson yeah. Was, yeah. Was, was probably uncomfortable with, he, he came up producing black theater. Like he, you know, he was kind of part of the, the black arts movement. Um, and and right. they, you know, they knew that black people telling our truths was actually part of a revolutionary process. The black arts movement was connected to, you know, the black Panther party, you know, the, the, um, 
uh, it kind of grew out of that. Mir Baraka. Yes, Mir Baraka, Sonia Sanchez, you know, these were people who wanted to radically reshape the society because the society they were living in, much like the one we live in today, was destroying black life, was throwing us away. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Sonia Sanchez has a phrase that says, but how does it free us? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I can see how uh, that idea was probably at play in the mind of August Wilson as he wrote, you know, the work that he did, because you can see how knowing those things, at least from my mm -hmm. side of it, right, from my working class background, he affirmed, it's life affirming to see someone tell right. those kind of stories. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of getting what we always get, you know, the, uh, you know, the sort of uh, story of black nobility that should be free because it's an injustice. Right. You know, he turns unlikable people into people that are human and who have experienced trauma and, you know, it's, they shouldn't be free because they're noble. They should be free because yeah. they're human. And they went through what they went mm -hmm. through. You know, he does that so yeah. well. And, and he's doing it because he wants Black people to benefit from that today. You know, there's this tendency to yeah. call August Wilson America's Shakespeare. I hate that. I, 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 like, I like that, he's, yeah. that he gets recognition as one of the greatest writers in, in the United States, you know, um, you know, but, right. but it's like, I don't like that America tries to claim him as it's Shakespeare uh, or, or that people would try. Yeah. Why does it have to be under imperialism? Right. Why can't he be America's August yeah. Wilson? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's right yeah, there. there's, there's so <laughs> many problems with the analogy too. Cause like, in Shakespeare's time, I think, right. you know, it didn't cost a whole lot to go to the theater. Everybody could go and you could stand, you know, even if you were the groundlings in, the, in Shakespeare's time, you could you could go for a pretty cheap price that poor people were able to afford and, and stand there. You wouldn't get the, the seat that the queen yeah. got, but you'd get, you know, you'd get a seat. Well, you know. It was truly open to yeah, the community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. well, the reason why more yeah. people, more black people don't know about August Wilson it might have something to do with things like the forty-five, fifty, hundred dollar, you know, two hundred dollar, whatever seats to go see, <laughs> compared to going to the movies for which is too much when before COVID, twenty dollars. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. When I was growing up, you know, we thought ten dollars is way too much yeah. to go to a movie. So how in the world can you get me to pay? Fifty dollars to go right. watch a play, right? You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, you know, it's art about us is not exposed right. to us, right? So you know, and yeah. I, I'm sure August Wilson struggled with yeah. that, you know, in his life. I mean, that's that's what he was struggling with, and, and he wrote that the essay, "The Ground on Which I Stand," which a whole lot of white people accused him of. Um, oh, that's racist. You're saying that's yeah. just what you're saying. It's some bullshit right. like that, right? But. Mm -hmm. But he, uh, he was struggling with it. You know, he was saying, look, I'm part of this institution. It's made me enormously successful. And it's also disconnecting Black people from ourselves. You know, um, right. it's, it's putting exactly. 
And now look where we're at in yeah. 2020. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, it, it's a, it's a problem that we still, you know, we're struggling with, you know? And the questions that he asked that, how did you live to 70 as a black person yeah. in America? Man, you know, it's, it's absolutely, it's more relevant now than it yep. ever was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, yeah, he's a, go ahead, oh. go ahead I'm sorry. Uh, there, there's, there's a line also from one of his plays, um, on the piano lesson that's, uh, this dude, uh, named, uh, uh, Whining boy says it. He says, I'll tell you the difference between the black man and the white man. The black man can't fix nothing with the law. You know, there's a there's an acknowledgement in that of uh, the kind of structure of violence that we face. That kind of there's a simplicity in how he says that kind of cuts to the chase of uh, what uh, what needs to be done to. to change the situation that we're in at a, at a fundamental level, you know, we we have to radically reshape the society, uh, not just by being lawmakers, but the the fact that you can't fix nothing with the law means that there's something outside of the law. The law isn't just the law that applies to everybody. The law favors white people, and the law disfavors black people. So that's something. And and. Oh, that, that's oh, something ahead, you, can't, you can't change just by changing the laws on the books. Yeah, and, and like you say, it's such a simple yeah. question, but that question and the question of how do you live yeah. to 70, you can write several dissertations just working on those Absolutely. two questions. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Right. <laughs> you can write dissertations on that because there's everything mm-hmm. tied up in it. You know, everything from the philosophical, the psychological, the economic, the racial structure, all of that is all tied up in both of those things. Yeah. He's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant mm-hmm. playwright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I hope people uh, who hear this, maybe who didn't, didn't, you know, uh, get to see, uh, you know, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. We'll, we'll, we'll check it out if you if you have Netflix, uh, or if you know somebody who could like you know give you the hook up a little bit. You know, uh, see it, see it. You know, <laughs> do do like we yes. do, right? Yes, because <laughs> it's worth it. It's it's worth it. It's rewarding. Yeah. You know, yeah. it may be about the nineteen twenties, but he's he was telling it to people, you know, to who are alive today. You know. Yeah, he's prophetic in that storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. 